Spring is here, and this is episode three. Welcome back to From the Roast House with Paul Burns. On today's episode, we're going to be looking at the coffee news, followed by two features, one on home roasting and what you need to get started at home with a list of the best home roasting equipment. And the next feature is going to be all about China and coffee, which will lead into the episode feature coffee and its story. Finally, a couple of shout outs to our friends over in Austin, Texas. First up is the coffee news. A recent new store opened in New Orleans, USA, named Current Crop Roasting, opened recently. This was founded by John Fouquet, who also owns the coffee bean Corral. Crump Crop Roasting currently occupies a mid-1800s one-story shotgun house on Magazine Street and offers a selection of over 70 unroasted coffee beans in various quantities. Three roasting stations allow guests to roast small quantities of coffee from its bean library. The roasting station's feature machines are home-focused and all machines are available to buy at the location. The location's intention is to engage its customers in the coffee production process and provide a personal connection to locals and tourists. In addition to coffee bean and roaster sales, the shop plans to roll out classes, tastings, cuppings and other educational events designed to further draw guests into the joys of coffee. Next up, a competition known as the Oscars of the Coffee World has been suspended in 2023. For over 20 years, the Cup of Excellence competition has pioneered integrity and transparency in the coffee industry. The level of detail that the COE coffee undergoes is extensive, meaning the quality of the coffee is also unmatched. This program gives farmers the tools they need to improve the economic model of their farms with recognition and financial reward for their hard work and effort. But unfortunately, due to the situations outside of their control, the Ethiopian Cup of Excellence announced the cancellation of this year's competition with hopes of bringing it back in 2024. Over the three years, as the Ethiopian Cup of Excellence, the competition produced top-scoring coffees of last year's auction, broke the all-time record of $400.50 per pound, and the competition as a whole generated over $3 million and produced over 5,000 coffee samples. Next, the PLOS Climate Journal, which is funded by the Australian National Climate Service Agency, have warned that we should expect increasing and ongoing systematic shocks to coffee production among 12 of the largest coffee countries. The journal shows that the amount of suitable land for growing coffee on a global scale could be cut in half by 2050, with key growing regions in Brazil and Vietnam particularly impacted. While synthesising a wealth of climate history as it relates to 12 different hazard types, the study suggests that the coffee's current climate dilemma goes hand-in-hand with human-caused climate change. The first half of the 40-year research conducted from 1980 shows the regions were prone to experiencing too cold temperatures in the flowering and growing sessions, however the current climate change is described as too hot. Finally, on today's coffee news, Starbucks have launched an olive oil infused coffee range. The range of drinks containing Partana extra virgin olive oil from Sicily, Italy, was inspired by Howard Schultz's recent trip to Sicily, where he was exposed to the Italian tradition of eating a spoonful of olive oil. The drinks range has already been launched in Italy, followed by the US, UK, Japan and Middle East as the year progresses. The range has several options, including an oat milk latte, cortado and cold brew. The launch of the coffee comes after some people in Italy called to boycott Starbucks when it announced plans to open its first store back in 2018. Starbucks assured Italy that they were not coming to teach Italians how to make coffee and the company were coming with humility and respect to show what they had learned. 
However, this isn't the first time olive oil has been seen in coffee and comes after the olive oil-based drinks trending on TikTok last year, which is suggested to have anti-inflammatory properties. Today's first shout-out is a callback to last episode when I mentioned Rising Tide Roast Collaborative are lost in Texas. Just wanted to give you a bit more information on what they do. The RTRC is a collaborative coffee co-roasting space and its team is made up of Kimberly, Sarah and Ken who are dedicated to sharing their knowledge, resources and equipment to positively impact the central Texas coffee roasting community. The values of the community are kindness and inclusivity, making coffee profitable for all those involved and working towards social and environmental sustainability. They run several classes at the collaborative including Speciality Coffee 101, Into the Roasting Workshop, Public Cupping, and consulting, along with other special classes and consultations throughout the year. For roasting, they use a Loring S35 Kestrel 35 Kilo Roaster, then an Iyalo Bullet R1V2 1 Kilo Roaster, and an Akawa Pro 50 Gram Roaster for sampling. Thank you to Jessica, who uses the facilities, and Ken from Rising Tide Roast Collaborative. I hope to have more information on their projects in the future. Rising Tide Roast Collaborative can be found on most social media sites by searching at Rising Tide Roast Collab or at risingtideroastcollab.com for more information. In the last 10 years, home roasting has seen a rise, and with this, the ever-increasing popularity of speciality coffee, more products have been manufactured for people at home to roast their own coffee. There are two types of home coffee roasters, drum and air. A drum coffee roaster will look like the most coffee roasters you see in specialty coffee shops. Heat is pumped through the bottom of the drum while the coffee inside is rotated, so the green beans are evenly roasted. Drum coffee machines can go up to larger capacities when coffee is roasted on a vaster scale, but overall the process is the same. Coffee is heated through conduction when the beans touch the side of the drum and convection where air is added to the drum and roast the beans when they are rotated. The second type of roaster is an air coffee roaster. An air coffee roaster, or convection coffee roaster, is where heat and air is forced into the chamber which elevates the beans. The coffee rotates in the chamber leading to the beans being consistently roasted. You may have seen larger air roasters in speciality coffee shops. They tend to be more environmentally friendly and more sustainable than the gas powered counterparts. Before purchasing a roaster, you need to consider what size of home coffee roaster you need. You'll be looking at a range of 50 grams to 500 grams. This may seem like a fairly small quantity, but you could end up roasting quite a bit of coffee for yourself in a couple of hours. A tip would be to estimate how much coffee per week you would roast. Divide that by four, and that is approximately the largest roaster you will need. We suggest this because rather than buying a large coffee roaster and doing one roast per week, it's much better to do four smaller roasts. I've done some research online to find some of the best coffee roasters and their purposes. I will share the list with you now. First up, and top several different websites, the Caldi Motorized Home Coffee Roaster. The stirring drum holds up to 250 grams, and all you have to do is place the roaster over a gas burner. It isn't a beginner machine, but once you get the hang of it, the process is easy. It comes with a thermometer, probe rod, shaft holder, and requires minimal cleaning. Next up is the Fresh Roast SR540 Coffee Roaster. It is ideal for beginners. Simple to use, just turn a knob, select between the nine levels of heat, and hit go. It has a few advanced features, including a real-time temperature reader and the ability to cool beans once they have finished roasting. 
it is said to be the best personal use coffee roaster for up to 100 grams. For the roaster on a budget, the Nouveau Eco Ceramic Handy Coffee Bean Roaster has appeared on lots of lists and is the cheapest option on the list by far. All you have to do is place the item over a gas stove, campfire or electric cooktop and roast your coffee beans. Manual and handheld can roast up to 70 grams and is recommended that you use gloves as it can get very hot. The next roaster on the list is recommended on several websites again for large capacity roasting. Mixfin Home Coffee Roasting Machine holds up to 750 grams. It is known for its durability and value for money. The roaster is user-friendly and is lined non-stick material for easy cleaning. It is simple to adjust the temperature using the dial and goes from 0 to 240 degrees. For best design and final on the list today is the Davy Gas Coffee Roasting Machine. With this roaster you can watch the beans while roasting with an even coverage. It is lightweight and just place on a gas stove. It is made mostly of stainless steel and sturdy glass with a wooden handle. It can hold up to 400 grams and you can control it with manual turning. That concludes today's list. If you've used any of these machines or have any alternative products to suggest, please drop them in the comments or leave me a message. Christina at the Caffeinated Community has created the Austin Coffee Guide, which is a list of 25 coffee shops in Austin, Texas, and what they offer to fit your needs. This is a journey through the Austin coffee scene and gives details of the shop and the vibes of the north, south, east, west and central areas of Austin. You can register to receive the guide by visiting at Caffeinated Community on Instagram and TikTok and hitting the link tree and following it to register to the link. I was lucky enough to get an advanced copy and it makes me want to visit Austin, Texas to try all the amazing places. Thanks, Christina. This episode's feature coffee is Yunnan Li Jiang Coffee from Fortnum and Masons in London. But before we discuss this coffee, as always, we'll have a bit of a backstory on its origins. When you think of sourced in China, usually your mind would associate several varieties of tea that is exported globally and renowned. They even have Chinese tea ceremonies called Gung Fu Cha, which translates to tea with effort. However, a small region in China is becoming famous for its coffee production, and it has been a slow and steady process. Yunnan. The Yunnan province in southwestern China is famous for its politics and its diversity, with more than 60 languages and dialects spoken there daily. With its mountainous surroundings, biodiversity of over 5,000 species of plants and many rice terraces, gorges and magnificent lakes, you may be surprised to hear that this is an ideal place to grow coffee. The coffee of this province dates back to the 19th century, after French missionary Father Alfred Letard, who used the Chinese name Tian Di Neng, sought to create a personal cup of coffee for himself by planting Arabica beans in the local valley. This took a few tries for the plant to gain traction in the area, but eventually he was successful. After Tian's experiment, coffee from Myanmar was imported to create a small-scale farm in the 1950s. But by the 1970s, coffee production had decreased significantly. Some suspected coffee rust was the primary culprit for the drastic decrease. So the region's top agricultural institution tried to sort the issue by introducing rust-resistant plants to the area. The Catimor plant was the successful plant that became the sole coffee crop of this area. Today, Yunnan accounts for roughly 95% of China's coffee yield, with the remaining crop being grown in Henan and Fujian. While the latter two provinces are known for their production of Robusta, Yunnan maintains its position as the top producer of Arabica coffee in China, and is best known for exporting its green coffee globally. 
The farms in this area typically consist of roughly around 5,000 trees. Union's beans have been shipped globally, and local traders have partnered with the likes of Nescafe, the Coffee Quality Institute and Starbucks to ensure continued international trade, as well as a better livelihood for their farmers. In 2012, Starbucks even opened a farming support centre there. This speciality coffee has been a staple of the third wave cafe culture across America since 2018, a trend that most experts agree that will continue as the coffee gains more exposure. Due to its proximity to the Tropic of Cancer, Yunnan has a climate that draws comparison to that of Indonesia and Colombia, but the province's unique position creates an interesting complexity to its being. Due to the lower temperatures that occur at higher altitudes at night, the coffee faces a slower maturation process. This creates an overall sweeter bean upon yield. Additionally, the elevation allows for better draining of the plants, leaving the flavours in Yunnan's coffee more concentrated, with lower levels of hydration. The beans from the region tend to have a more fruitier and brighter flavour. The Yunnan Lijian coffee I am discussing this episode is from Fortnum & Mason, located on Piccadilly in Westminster, London. Fortnum & Mason in turn itself has its own rich history, dating back to 1707, where it began as a grocery store, to now where it is known for its affiliation with the British royal family, including the current king, Queen Elizabeth II, and various royals and their relatives. This store is more famous as a purveyor of tea, but also stocks a range of specialty selected coffees, sourced from growers from around the world and hand-roasted in small batches. They promise that their collection of seven specialty single-estate coffees will make for a more interesting coffee than your average cup. The Yunnan Lijian coffee from this range is 100% Arabica. The farmer is Lijian Rong, who works alongside his son, who shares the same name. And together they work in the community to process their own beans and those of neighbouring farmers in the beautiful remote corner of the Yunnan province, known as Peliang. As always, the coffee I try is in a French press served at 54 grams of freshly ground coffee in 972ml of heated water at 90-96 degrees. The coffee is a wash-processed dark roast, and the description notes is lasting toffee dopes and a chocolatey finish. I started with the aromas of the coffee, getting a sense of toffee, lemon, and a little smoke. Then I tasted the coffee. I noticed the coffee was very light and didn't linger on the tongue. I did get notes of toffee when trying it, which was followed by a very distinct floral aftertaste and low acidity. I would even go as far as saying it had a similar taste to the tea. It suggests in the Catty Moore Plants nickname. I tried to pair the coffee with several foods, but the food I anticipated that would go well with the coffee and its described flavours didn't complement it as it was very complex. Chocolate is always a safe choice, and out of everything I tried complemented the sweeter side of the coffee, but everything else such as fruits and spices detracted from its flavour. Sometimes I try the coffee bean in its whole form to get the taste notes, and I've never tried a coffee bean so sweet and balanced. It was almost like eating chocolate. Overall, the coffee was subtle, mildly sweet and floral and would be a great coffee for any time of day. As today's feature is based on China and its coffee production, and China is actually one of the top 20 producers of coffee worldwide, with 95% of all coffee coming from the Yunnan province. I have listed five coffee regions in this province that may interest you. First and the most obvious one is from today's episode, Lijiang, which is described as notes of toffee and chocolate. Next is Banka. Banka is from one of the first farms in the Yudan province and has won various competitions. Third on the list is Yiwu, the region well known for its outstanding tea, and this coffee has notes of black cherry, tropical fruit and dark chocolate. 
Mangzhang is next, and it is regarded as one of the premier farms in the Yunnan province, and has notes of lemon, brown sugar, and cacao. And last but not least is Fuyan. Fuyan has notes of dry fruit and a range of sweet flavours, and is from the farm that placed third in the Best of Yunnan competition in 2017. If you've tried any of these coffees or have any other recommendations, please leave a message in the comments. It's been a month since I started the podcast. In fact, I remember being here this time last month on the eve of sending out the first episode, questioning whether I was doing the right thing. A couple of weeks prior to this, I saw a quote posted online that said, your fear of looking stupid is holding you back. With that in mind, I hit publish episode. Over this past month, I have met some amazing people, including people from the Rising Tide Rose Collaborative, including Ken and Jessica, Christina at the Caffeinated Community, and Frank at Mini Baristas. If anyone else is interested in collaborating, you can find me on all my socials by searching PJB Coffee, or simply go to Instagram, find me at PJB underscore coffee, and follow my link tree. I have also started work on a webinar that I will be hosting soon. If we have anyone who wants to know about coffee origins and how to hold your own coffee tasting, then please let me know and I will send you the link to register. Otherwise, keep an eye on my page for more information. So that's it for today's episode. On the next episode due mid-April, we'll be looking at coffee festivals, and I will be sharing what happened at the Amsterdam Coffee Festival. Trying a coffee from a roastery local to me based in York, as well as news, reviews, and facts. Until next time, thank you, and you have been listening to From the Roast House with Paul Burns.